Hi everybody, I'm Jeff Suckendorf, CEO of TVs. I don't even know the name of my company anymore. It changed. <laughs> we did what, that five what, times. Is the name we changed? Did that. Yeah, it's UTD Scuba Diving now, Just not Unified Team Diving. Well, it's Unified Team Diving or UTD Scuba or UTD. Diving. Okay. So you can have an official name. It's UTD Scuba Diving. Okay. All right, everybody, welcome to the podcast. I'm Jeff Seckendorf, CEO of UTD Scuba Diving, and I'm here with Ben Boss, our training director. Hey, Ben. Hey, everyone. And Mike Brennan, UTD instructor and UTD scuba coach. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Good. How's everyone else doing? And uh, like always, seems to be our normal way to start these things now, where we are. We're spread out everywhere. I'm in San Diego. Ben's in Denmark. And, uh, and Mike, someplace in Florida. Where are you in Florida? That's a good description. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's called Stewart, Florida. And it's about, uh, I would say, about 45 minutes north of Palm Beach, West Palm Beach. Awesome. Cool. So uh, we're here today to talk about scuba coaching. We've done a series of podcasts on coaching over the past, you know, I don't know, three, four months. But what, we're, what I wanted to do this time was bring Mike onto the show because Mike was one of the first... UTD instructors to take up the mantle as scuba coach and has a collection of clients or athletes, whatever, we haven't really nailed down what we're calling them, but basically athletes. And I wanted to get a perspective on what it's like to be an instructor, be a scuba instructor, but instead of doing what we've always considered as transactional classes, to uh, shift these students into the coaching program. So the coaching program is basically modeled after an athletic coaching system, uh, an endurance athletes coaching system where the students who we're calling clients or athletes are receiving a series of workouts, which are training elements from the coach, the instructor, and they're going on a calendar, and they're being spread out over a much longer period of time than a normal scuba class would be, like months sometimes. So let's start with how you heard about the program and what your first reaction to this thing was, Mike. Yeah, so um, I was looking for a way to stay fit um, because I was recovering from some injuries I, I've had from CrossFit, and I'm you know, a longtime CrossFit person, and... Um, as you get older, I think uh, if you're not doing it correctly, which I would say most people are not, uh, you end up with some sort of injury. And I was trying to find some other way to um, stay fit. And um, cycling kind of crossed my mind um, after I, my wife got a bike and then I, I wanted to buy a new bike. Um, so I was looking at, you know, how can I get better at cycling and really treat it more as a sport rather than just, you know, going out on the weekend. And, um, so that's, that's sort of the first, um, step I took. And then kind of around the same time, you know, you had come up with the, with, or UTD had come out with the, the coaching program. Um, and it was modeled after, uh, you know, this, this awesome cyclist who I'd never heard about, uh, Tom Danielson. And, uh, you described how that coaching program kind of might actually work, you know, for a, a diving related program. So, um, you know, I, you know, after I listened to that podcast, I actually looked up, uh, <laughs> that is since cycling is, uh, his company and I looked up that program and decided to sign up. So, um, I became one of, uh, his clients while, and, and he assigned me to a different 
different coach that's more um, suited towards uh, newbies like myself. So I was a you know pretty new pretty new at the sport of cycling. I, I would say you know I had been a um, been riding bikes and, and whatnot for you know since I was a kid, but to treat it seriously like a, a sport um, that was completely new to me. So um, you know that's kind of how I initially heard about the program. So as you started working with your coach and learning about how coaching works in cycling, did you see the obvious connection to scuba or was it still kind of a stretch? Yeah. So, I mean, initially, I think when I heard about the coaching program um, from UTD, I was like, whoa, this is I don't know if this is going to work. You know, it just seemed very different from how I learned how to scuba dive in all the classes I've taken. And I was, it seemed like trying to fit a square peg through a round hole. Um, and my, you know, I was initially very reserved about it. Um, and and uh, I, I didn't think it would work, to be honest. <laughs> um, but <laughs> awesome. and so um, after I signed up with Cinch, you know, I, I, I started to talk with my coach, Stefan Strayer, and um, he he started to describe to me, you know, how, how much of an advantage it is being so new to the sport because I, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of bad habits that he has to kind of coach out of people. And as soon as he said that, a, a bell rang because um, we see it so often with scuba, right? You, you have people who, um, who haven't been trained um, to the level that we train, I would say, um, and we have to bang a lot of stuff out of them and it, you end up spending a lot of time um, getting over people's bad habits. And, you know, I, I immediately started to see the parallels, at least from that perspective. Um, and then, you know, as, as the, pro, the, the cycling program went on, I also started to see a lot of other similarities with, you know, how um, we could potentially treat, you know, our, our program as, as a coaching program. And I, my mind really shifted toward, toward from what you, you mentioned earlier, uh, in one of the earlier podcasts of, you know, the, how the certification card really shouldn't be what it's about, right? It should be more about the process. And if we look at, you know, what do we offer from an agency standpoint, we offer good, you know, awesome instruction, right? Not just good instruction, awesome instruction. We want to have, we want to make the, the best divers possible. We don't really care so much about the cards as, as so much as we care about the, the actual training and, and, you know, making people better divers. So um, once I, I kind of shifted my mind towards how classes should really be focused on that and not really the C cards, um, then it, it sort of began, you know, began to fall in place um, as, as my, you know, just as my, my cycling uh, program w- was going, you know, I would work on small steps and small things and, and, just to become a better cyclist, you know, you work on small different skills. And um, I began to see how we could really shift um, the, the traditional offering that we had through our classes as a form of, you know, coaching essentially for, for our clients. Um, so I, I like the term um, student, I think is still fine. You know, I'm a student of cycling. Um, client, I think is a, is a more generalized appropriate word. Um, I don't really like the term athlete. <laughs> um, I, I guess in some aspect, a, a diver should be an athlete. But I think when we when we describe them that way, it's as if they're they're doing all this physical work. Um, but, yeah, it sets the bar a bit higher, maybe than people expect. Yeah, I guess. 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, there's there's some truth to it. I think that, you know, as divers, we do need we need to, to maintain our fitness level. And depending on what level of diving you're doing, you know, that demand can be quite high. Um, and so you, you certainly are an athlete, you know, in that respect. But I think I like the term client better because a, a student can be a client still um, and an athlete can be a client still, um, you know, but someone who's in the coaching program is most definitely a client of mine. Yeah. One of the things that's really interesting to me about podcasts is that we can sort of rip the cover off, you know, the inside look at the company, UTD. So, uh, you know, Ben, one of the questions, so you've been, you know, with you, you've been a UTD instructor for like, I don't know, eight, nine years, something like that. You've been training director now since January, you've been rewriting all the content. One thing I never asked you is what you thought about this whole scuba coaching thing when I mentioned it. Like, did you think I was just nuts doing this? Or, I mean, what's your take on it? We never actually had this conversation. That's actually two different questions with two completely different <laughs> answers. <laughs> no, no, I was actually at, my mind raced at like 300 kilometers an hour as soon as you mentioned uh, coaching for scuba. And a lot of things really made sense to me that I really could solve a lot of I don't know, logistical or, or like ways of explaining situations from the instructors, uh, especially UTD instructors to our students that, as Mike mentioned, might not, like Mike said in the beginning, um, initially l make the link between learning to dive or, or doing a next level course in diving with a coaching program. It's like, how does that work? But when you... When you think into account that a lot of divers out there who have learned to dive in one way or another found themselves somehow lacking further training. And I think that's why the ESM program, the Essentials Off programs are so, so super successful is that in those classes, we actually address the lack of certain training aspects within diving classes, right? It's usually just going to the next level, to the next level, to the next level. And the intermediate steps of the evolving of the diver's skills is usually skipped over and we're focusing on those classes directly on what you're going to do at a deeper depth or in more gases or new machinery or whatever. And I think the coaching program really ties into giving these divers a clear path which they can follow to reach their goal. And we, we spoke briefly about this in one of the previous podcasts regarding coaching about goal setting. And, uh, and it's an interesting one to listen to if you haven't listened to that before. But to, to briefly recap, it can be very hard for a diver that doesn't have a coach or doesn't have a guide or a mentor or whatever um, to follow to figure out what to do. It's like, okay, I want to go there. Where do I go? And then you go on online forums, dive clubs. And what usually ends up happening is that these people get filled with tons of good advice. I'm not saying all the advice they're getting is not good, but it's just tons of good different advice. And it still leaves them in a place where they're like in doubt what to follow. And in the past, always, I've always said, to divers that came to me with these kind of dilemmas. It's like, okay, what kind of diving do you want to do? And they say, well, I'd like to do this kind of diving. All right. 
look at some people that are doing that kind of diving. And then figure out of those people, who's doing it in the way you want to do it. And then just follow those people. Do what they do. Copy whatever they did. And follow that along. That's the clearest path. And and I think our roots in a DIR philosophy have, have such a strong um, sales point, if you want to see see it that way, that those the procedures we follow and the procedures we've now incorporated into our whole training methodology has been born out of a necessity from a diver's point of view. And it hasn't been born out of a company's necessity to teach people how to dive. It's been from the other way around. And I think that is one of the strongest points we can have towards our students that they're going to learn a consistent way throughout the whole program. But again, that program can be very hard to see a clear path through from someone who's either very new to the sport or new to UTD. And that's where, to make a short story very long, <laughs> um, <laughs> where the coaching program comes into its its glory, I think, because it gives the student slash client and the instructor slash coach a way to structurize that path without saying, okay, come to an essentials class. And after that essentials class, you got to train for four months and then we'll see you in four months. And like, okay, then, then what? You just leave the guy alone for four months? And this is where the coaching program comes in, that you can actually help them on the way to passing that class in a period, for example, of four months or two months or one month or whatever it may take. And I think that's the really interesting piece of this is that, you know, there's two directions this program can go. One is you take a course over the in the in the in the scope of coaching and you spread it out. And this is kind of what Mike's doing right now. We're going to get to that in a second. Or you can say. You're, you don't need a certification car. You don't need a class. You need training, right? So when we look at one of the, the constituencies for coaching, it's what we call terminally certified, right? Don't need more cards, need more training. I keep using myself as an example of this, right? Tech 2, Cave 2, Rebreather 2, Instructor Trainer, Instructor Trainer, Trainer, whatever. I don't need any more certification cards. But like, you know, I own this company, but I still need training, right? I can't just rest on my laurels forever. So... Mike, when you uh, when we talked about this initially, you had a group of people you work with who were interested in learning to dive. So, so what pushed you to coaching instead of uh, just cramming them into a two week class? Right. Yeah. So, um, when I decided to do the coaching program, or you'd be the first uh, guinea pig, I guess, uh, for, for the instructor from the instructor aspect, I also asked. Um, you know, I had about four people who wanted to do an open water course. And, um, I said, well, you know, why don't we try this? You guys can be the guinea pigs. And I let them know, you know, this is definitely different from what I've done. It's definitely different from what the agency's done. And I think because of that relationship I've had with them professionally, you know, they allowed me, they trusted me more, perhaps more so than, than someone who I didn't know before, um, you know, to allow me to, to try this program with them. Um, so it's, it's really worked out great because, um, I have a baby along the way and, um, who's due in about (laughs) three weeks or so, three to three and a half weeks or so. So, um, you know, my, my schedule along with work, um, is such that I can't really devote two weeks of, um, time and, and really they can't either, you know, I mean, we'd all, we'd all have to take time off of work. 
um, to get in and out of pools and boats. And um, that's traditionally how I run it. But what I, I guess what I, what I didn't like about doing it that the traditional way is that there's a tremendous amount of pressure that's put on the students to perform during the class, especially at the higher level classes. And there's also a tremendous amount of pressure from the instructor to make sure that, you know, to, to try to really carry the, the students through their program, because there's nothing worse than like, you know, paying for an instructor to go out to Mexico or something like that. And, and over the course of two weeks or something, you, you try to complete your some sort of cave certification at the very end. They just say, say you know, sorry, <laughs> you, you failed. Uh, you're not failed, but we're giving you a, a path to completion and you're just going to have to repeat, you know, the same sort of logistical um, operations over and over again until you actually, you know, complete that course. Um, whereas I think with this, it's, it's more um, broken up into well, what are the, the skills you really need to work on? how much of that really needs to be done in these types of environments, right? So we could work on different parts of an open water course, for example, um, you know, broken up into two to three weeks, a two to three week period, which is fine with them because, you know, they have other life uh, obligations as well. Um, and it, it doesn't put so much pressure on everybody to perform in a certain period of time. It's sort of just indefinite. And I give them an idea of how long in general it's going to take. You know, I usually say for the open water section of it, um, which I'm even hesitant now to even describe because I don't like setting those kinds of boundaries anymore. But um, I'll say, you know, it generally takes three to five pool sessions um, and it's going to take, you know, anywhere from four to eight dives. Right. And so um, they get to choose, you know, when they want to do those sessions um, along with, with the, uh, the lecture portion of it, but they also, I sort of have, um, uh, checks that, that they have to complete before I, I can get them into the next portion of the course. So that might be, you know, doing their online homework before they, they're able to even listen to a lecture, or, um, it, it might be that they, they have to listen to at least two lectures and, you know, do X amount of, the online coursework before they jump into a pool, etc. So um, there's there's these different gateways, you know, that they can pass. Um, but I think one of the other thing that's really great about the coaching program is it it does remove those boundaries of you know what is defined as open water one, open water two, right, or, or recreational two, uh, advanced open water, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it just really breaks down what are those skills defined in those courses and allows someone to completely continue their training seamlessly, right? So usually at the end of a two-week course, you, you say, congratulations, go off and dive, and, and you know, off you go, and maybe you see them, maybe you don't. Um, and so I think with what's really nice about the coaching program is, you know, these students are getting close towards, some of them are getting really close towards completing, I would say, an open water, uh, you know, level certification, but guess what's on their calendars? It's, you know, nitrox, it's uh, night diving, it's, you know, uh, back kick mini, you know. So, I mean, all these things that I think are going to be what I think is going to be great for them based on what their goals are. Um, I can just roll them right into, you know, the next kind of thing for them, whether that's a dry suit, doubles. Really, it just depends on what their goals are. Right. So they don't really see the boundary marks. They just see what's what's next in their schedule. Um, and, and that's something I, I really adopted from 
the cinch, you know, the cycling program is I only ever get to see a week's worth of my training, right? So I don't really have to, it takes my mind off of, you know, all the different things I might have to do. And it allows me just to focus on this one week. It's interesting when we do video reviews in the UTD courses, I can make a video review. I can, you know, take 20 minutes of video and make it last four hours yeah. because I'm telling so many stories and applying what they did in the water, looking at the video to how diving in the real world happens and all of that. And one of the things that we do in the coaching program is expand the content that the clients, now we'll just call them clients, that the clients are given. So Ben's been doing this in really interesting series of videos recently on all different kinds of stuff about diving, that it's on our YouTube channel and we promote it and we do email blasts about it. But now we're taking a lot of that content and putting it in the workout library for the clients and integrating that kind of stuff, all this interesting peripheral stuff into the, the program for like an open water student that would they would never have the opportunity to get this kind of material and this broad base of diving uh it, it within the scope of a two or three week course right i think that's really great too because you know i've it's been told to me several times especially in higher level classes look i can't teach you everything you know i can teach you the essence of what the course should be covering but I can't teach you all the little tips and tricks. I can't teach you, you know, um, every little aspect that, that you mostly you learn from exp experience or diving with other people, you know, that you can pick up. So you can add these little things here and there um, that really help develop the diver. Exactly. So, Ben, how's it look to you from a, a like a, a higher level perspective, tech, rebreather? Well, I think I think it, it demystifies what it takes to become a diver when you look at the entry level classes and also what it takes to take your diving to the next level. Because, I mean, I guess due to legacy in the industry, it's always been a class or uh, even, regardless if it's entry level or, or further level, it's the classes have always been defined by a period of time and never by your ability to do stuff and it's always how long does an open water class take you know or how long does your tech one class take can we do it in like three ways or whatever it's always defined by how long does it take but never or not apparently from the beginning what does it take to pass these classes and and obviously from from the very beginning utd um, was 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 going down that path by saying, "Hey, wait a minute! You actually need to pass this class to to a certain level. You have to show a certain level of, you know, um, uh, accomplishment underwater before you get the pass to the next cert certification before you get the card." And 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 I think when you look at the aspects of what it takes to learn to dive when you look at the beginning classes like entry-level classes there's not a lot of people out there who realize that diving takes a certain amount of motory skills to to do proficiently swimming underwater with fins and equipment on your back is not as easy as it looks and and it's never been addressed in a way that we're now opening up to that it's okay if you want to take some more time to practice fin kicking or to practice buoyancy control. It's easy to do badly. Yeah. Exactly. It's very easy. You know, so 
when I when I explained it to new people, it's like, okay, if you learn a ski, it's very very obvious that it's motory skill intensive. It's not enough to just to learn what the colors of the piece mean and what kind of bindings your shoes need to be and what kind of certain skis there are for this, that, and the other. It's very obvious that you need to learn how to ski, like learn how to not fall on your face. And, you know, dancing is the same thing. It's very easy to learn the steps of a cha-cha-cha is something completely different to make it look like you're actually dancing. I'm talking from experience. <laughs> uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, have to show me that sometime. Oh, man. But, you know, in diving, it's not, from a legacy point of view, it's never been very easy to, I don't know, for people to, to look through and say, okay, wait a minute, I have to actually learn to move my body in new ways in the aquatic environment. And, I mean, a lot of things address this in our open water program where we start basically from the from the back end um, when we compare ourselves to other organizations that we start with buoyancy control and breathing and finning techniques and by the time they've got that dialed in then we revert to all this all this exercises like masks and regulators and mask removal and clearing and all that sort of stuff so it's from the other end but when we get people in a class sometimes you see that, okay, these people are just flying through, they're just made for diving. And other people, they struggle a bit more and they need more time to either come over the mammalian diving reflex with regards to breathing or they have a harder time finding the balance and all that sort of stuff. And I think the coaching program really opens up for for a diversity in the way you approach your class and your your your, your students or clients. That it's now more like you said mike it takes everything from you know five to seven days of theory or four to eight dives in the water or you know you can you can easily define it a bit like well at least in europe i don't know how it's done in the states but with a driver's license the state or the government in denmark at least and also in holland and in germany have set a minimum amount of hours you need to spend learning to drive a car but Everyone knows that it's up to the the driver, driving instructor to guide you through a way to get you ready to take your exam. And it's it's that's the way it is. And everyone knows this, everyone accepts this, and everyone places the faith in this driving instructor and saying, okay, I think you're good, but you need three more hours of training driving this car because you're having trouble parallel parking or trouble whatever. But still, it's about the outcome. It's not about the process. People want to just bound through it because they they want the license so they can go drive. You know, what we're saying is this is no longer about the outcome. It's about the process and the, the process of training, the process of learning, that process of discovery, of, of doing all this peripheral material. That's the piece that we're looking at saying that's the beauty of a coaching program is that we can do all this other stuff that makes the training so much more fun and so much more interesting and then the outcome just becomes inevitable yeah exactly i mean if if driving if the driving training was fun then you'd have better drivers as opposed to the people suffering through three six ten hours of driver training so they can get a license where they still don't really know anything yeah, exactly. I, th I think you're 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 right there. It's just I made that analogy mainly for the open water class because that's basically people want to get the card, 
so they can go out on holiday and show the card and they can go out diving, right? That That's the goal, the short-term goal. And then usually there, people realize, okay, diving is nice on my holiday once a year. Or, wow, most of the people we train go like, oh my God, this is really a lot of fun. I really want to do this as a hobby. And that's when you can open up for, okay, now let's focus on how you can keep yourself active, keep yourself training, and not so much focus on the next card or the next card or the next card. So, Mike, let's talk about your clients, your current stable of clients who are in the coaching program. So, sure. you know, you're talking to them. I mean, part of the program is communications. So, you know, they're charged with doing the the workouts or the exercises or the coursework that you put into their calendar and sending you a note. And I know in your case, you work with a lot of these guys. Yep. So you see them every day. But um, in terms of communications and all that, right. what's been the take on on those guys as as clients of yours as opposed to had you done a two-week transactional class with them right so i think because we're going to talk what we're going to talk to them we're going to get them on the show pretty soon we're going to we're going to drive your guys crazy and bring them all in together <laughs> but, you know yeah so i think you know it, it's definitely gives them time to catch up with what their body is trying to learn um you know i think from what i've seen in a traditional class you're so frustrated with, or not maybe not frustrated is the right word. You're so focused and engulfed by the class itself that there isn't a whole lot of time to let your brain sort of catch up with everything that you're learning. Um, and so you don't really have the time to, to ask the right questions or, you know, to, to reposition, you know, your thoughts on, on how you might be, be able to improve or, um, you know, how, how you might be able to describe what's going on. So um, I think from the coaching perspective, when you do break up things like that a lot more, um, you know, I, I'll get questions a week after a pool session and say, hey, you know, I think I think what was going on there might have been this. What do you what do you think about that? And, and I can give them more stuff to work on, you know, um, based off that one pool session, because that's it's, they've had time to let everything kind of sink in a little bit. Um, you know, you, as you, you know, just as much as I do and Ben too, you know, if let's say you're going to, you're going to teach a tech one class and it's going to take, I don't know, approximately, you know, in general, what, like four days, six hours a day, something like that. Right. So you're looking at 24 hours worth of, of instructor time on, with the students. You can't just compress that and say, okay, you know what, we're going to bang out a tech one class in 24 hours it just doesn't work because the student needs time to absorb the material. They need time to sleep. They need time to, to react to what's being taught. And I think the coaching program really emphasizes that. So you spend a lot less time going over a lot of things that you might have to do in a traditional class because there's a lot more retention. There's a lot more um, knowledge that's being gained even though it's a longer period of time. So it's interesting. We, you know, I've talked about this in previous podcasts too. When I, when I, you know, cause I can always bring this conversation back to cycling if we have to, but when I switched coaches and I went to Cinch and, and Tom as my coach, the thing that struck me more than anything is he didn't start me out trying to make me faster. He started out trying to make me just better at cycling. So I was sending him videos and we were talking about technique and, you know, I mean, I, I'm looking at the gaps that I had in, you know, now I'm, I'm down the road with him about a year and 
I look at the gaps that I had with him in terms of a cyclist, and I was, you know, I had a coach who was making me faster, but he definitely, there's a difference now. He wasn't making me actually a better cyclist as much as he was making me a faster cyclist. And what I wanted was better. What I wanted was quantifiable betterness. And I didn't know how to get it. Well, well, Tom knows how to get it. And, um, and I would argue that the other coaches I've had also do, you know, it's maybe because in cinch they can, they really have the, the system down for communicating it. But regardless, over this past year, I've just become a better and better and better cyclist. Now, does that mean I'm winning more races? Well, there are no races right now, but if there were, I think I would be. But aside from that, because I'm feeling more successful, I'm gaining lots of personal bests, I'm doing better and better and better than I ever have, it makes the training really fun and really satisfying. And there are no accountability issues. You know, I get a workout, I get on the bike. I don't even think about not doing it. And I think that's the thing that I want the coaching program to really develop into is the idea that people want this training because it's going to make them better divers right out of the gate. Even if they're not divers, they're going to be better than an equivalently trained diver in a transactional class. And that, that's always been my goal on this thing is to create some lifestyle around scuba training. So the training is part of it. I mean, you know, your guys, you, the, the people you're talking about are get a card, go on a trip. You know, Ben, it's like, they, they get a card, they go on a trip, they come back, they put the card away for a year and and then they go on another trip. I think a good analogy is is sort of found in, in martial arts training because for example, in martial arts, you don't you don't train in martial arts, typically most people who are really into martial arts, they don't train for martial arts for like three weeks and then stop, you know or, or even a year and then stop. It's, it's an always an ongoing thing. And you don't train in martial arts just to get the belt. You know, you train in martial arts to become a better martial artist. You train so that you can defend yourself or maybe you're doing some sort of fights, right? Or, you know, prize fights or something like that. So no one's going to ask you, you know, like if you're in the middle of a fight, hey, you know, what belt do you have? It, it doesn't really matter, right? <laughs> I mean, it, it, what's going to matter is your skills. You know, it's your execution on that particular, you know, in that particular event and, and similar in diving. No one's going to ask you in the middle of a dive, you know, what what sea cards do you have? It, it, they want you to perform to the best of your ability in the middle of the dive. Um, so I think that's the best analogy. You know, if if you end up getting you know a better belt, that's not necessarily means that that you can, you know, that's not really the the goal, right? It's it just means that you can execute certain things at that level, and that's sort of an honor that you get from from getting there as a result it's not, it's not it's not the it's not the end it's just a means so um i think that's a i think martial arts really is a good analogy i think ty, tying into that mike i think i think you're right there also and and especially when you when you take it to to next level classes in the higher echelon technical diving or cave diving or stuff like that where where you basically never stop learning because all the environments are different so there is experienced divers that have dived a lot of different places that really end up having a big library of experiences they can they can dish out of and and all of our instructors that teach the respective classes are those kind of divers 
you know, they have a huge library, a huge fountain of information, which is, like you said earlier, almost impossible to dilute during the course of one class. Right. Um, almost regardless on how long that class is, as long as it's a con confined class to, you know, to a, a, an everyday thing or for a week or something. It's it's hard because, like you said, eventually you're gonna start, you know, filling up like a coffee filter. Pouring water on a coffee filter it needs time to sink through. If you keep pouring on water, it's just gonna overflow. And you're not gonna get coffee. Um, so I think when, what the coaching program does uh, for the divers that want to continue their education, it gives them an opportunity, a fair opportunity, to get the most out of their coach or slash instructor uh, during that period because it's stretched over a longer period of time and it also gives the the coach a better opportunity to see where these students are um, during the evol the um, evolution of their training and and have a better idea of when to you know uh, turn up the volume uh, so to speak on the training or uh, to take another path to to get the people to where they need to go so yeah. I love Mike's analogy of you know, you know, all of our standards list a minimum amount of time for a class and you know, if it's 24 hours, I love the analogy Mike that that uh you know, you wouldn't take a class and start at 6 p.m. and try to have it finished by 6 p.m. the next day. It's impossible. It just wouldn't work. So we've swung that pendulum out the other way and we've said, let's take a lot of time to do the absorption. And let's take a lot of time to create a relationship with your coach, who is your, also your instructor. So you have this communication channel open, and you can ask about things a week later. You can sit at home and, and have a beer, have a glass of wine, and think, you know, and replay that pool session in your head 15 times, and then finally realize that, oh, you know, the way you were telling me to back kick, I now get it that it's the side of the fins that working and not your heel. Or something like that. Um, yeah, and, and also too, when you mentioned that you to go back to cycling yet again, um, when yet again. when you mentioned <laughs> that uh, you were getting faster but not better, it's akin to you know someone in martial arts getting stronger and maybe speed wise getting faster, but they're not actually getting better at the martial art itself. That's why you know you can have like these old masters who you can barely move, right? Can yeah. can whip everybody just because they know the art so well. Um, and I think in, in, in diving, that's very true as well. I mean, you can, you can definitely learn how to go deeper, you know, you can definitely learn how to stay down longer, but, but well, you, you can get a card that shows you can go deeper, right? Yeah. You know, to be able to <laughs> exactly. do it good is a different story. Exactly. exactly. And that's what we want. I mean, you know, the goal of this whole thing is to bring people to a point where, you know, we start to realize that scuba doesn't have to be you know, a week, a year, uh, you know, I mean, I live in Southern California and there's not much snow here. I know a lot of people who ski a week a year, right? They, they drive 10 hours, they go up to Mammoth Mountain or Tahoe or some famous big place. They ski, they come home, they put their skis away and that's it. You know, scuba, if you don't live near an ocean or a cool place to dive has had that same model for a long time where you know you pack everything on an airplane you go you rent gear you've never seen before you do a week of diving and you pack your card away and you do it again in a year my goal on the coaching program has always been let's 
bring this to a lifestyle where even if you're not in an ocean or in a quarry, at least you're thinking about diving every week. At least there's something that keeps you in communication with your coach, keeps you in communication with your new sport, and gives you the ability to say, this is super fun. I can't wait to see what they're going to give me next week. What crazy podcast, YouTube video, and in your open water coaching program, I'd love it if you started giving people scooter chapters to look at, right? Just to give them an idea what's out there, what's on the periphery, what's what's you know, what's outside the scope of this 24 hour class. Yeah. And especially with, um, students who are brand new, you know, um, it's a little bit different when they're that brand new, because as Ben mentioned, you know, the divers should be setting goals and that's generally true. But what I've noticed with divers that are so brand new, you know, I'll ask them, you know, what, what, do you, what kind of diving do you want to do? Or what, you know, what are, what are your goals? And they just go, I don't know. I just want to dive. <laughs> yeah, right, somebody so, told me it's fun. Right. So I think, you know, through the coaching program, they get more more exposure to what types of diving is possible. They get exposure to, you know, even more videos and that kind of stuff too in, in the um, lectures so that they it starts to pique their interest, you know. Um, and I can I can start to lay, lay down a path towards why someone might ever want to cave dive. I mean, if you ask most open water divers, would they ever want to cave dive? They would say, absolutely not. <laughs> um, and so, you know, you can you can start to open their mind a little bit as to why someone might want to do that and how they got there, you know, from where they were at. I know for me personally, I when I got into diving, I never thought I would go into a cave. I thought everybody who did it was crazy, you know, and now it's probably my most favorite type of diving. So how do you get from that type of person to, you know, the second one where you think cave diving is awesome? Um, and, and those are nice conversations and presentations you can make through the course of the entire coaching program that someone's involved with you. So instead of in a two-week class, you know, they just think they, they start the class and end the class thinking that cave divers are crazy they start the coaching program thinking that cave divers are crazy. And then after two months of seeing all these different aspects of diving, they can think, wow, okay, they're not so crazy. Right. And then maybe a month later, they're like, oh, well, they really just, they, they, they got an overhead program before they went into cave diving. And I'm at this position in my training and, you know, I can see how I can get to an overhead program from here. So you start to connect the dots and um, it, it allows people to open their minds in terms of what's possible you know, with the coaching program. Exactly. How many times have you heard an open water diver that you've explained that the next level of training is an advanced, taking you from, you know, 60 feet, 18 meters to 100 feet, 30 meters, saying, oh, what? I'm never going to dive that deep. And they've never ever, they've, they've not even been on your first pool session. Right. And you're like, how on earth can you make that conclusion? You know? And, and yeah, the coaching program probably will, give them time to assimilate um, your information. Right, because it's really a all one program, right? So I'm, yeah. I've am i just started the, the first open water sessions, uh, first open water dives with a couple of students. And the deepest we went, I think, is about 10 feet. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and, and that's because of the environment we picked. And that was deliberate because I didn't want them bouncing around, you know, at, at 60 feet. Um, but, you know, the next dive we do might be... 30 feet, right? Or 20 feet, 30 feet. And the next dive we do might be 50 feet. And so you can start to set through, you know, set out a, uh, a direction 
that, you know, this open water course, um, which I don't really even really mention anymore. Uh, I just say, here's what we're doing this week, right? And that just transitions towards what we would traditionally call a recreational two class, you know, 100 foot certification. Um, and they just keep setting, you know, different marks and they keep achieving different different tasks. It's really interesting because one of the things that doesn't happen well in scuba diving is we don't really have metrics. We don't really have a measurement system for how well somebody's doing, right? So in, in cycling, it's super easy. We have power output that we can measure in watts. In running, it's easy, right? You can do, you know, what's your mile split? What's your, you know, 5K split? Something like that. And you can start to do these tests to figure out where you are. We're having this conversation with Alan Weinberg, our head of coaching in UTD. And we started getting into this conversation. It might have even been in the podcast with Tom where it's just like, what's our metric? What's our measurement? And Alan's take on it was, you know, I think that the metric that we should be paying attention to is satisfaction. Fun, right. Fun, <laughs> fun meter. Is somebody sa- yeah, the funnel meter. Is somebody satisfied with the way their diving is going and the experience, the experiences that they're having as a diver? And that becomes the metric. But when you go back to the transactional class and you're pounding away at students in order to get, you know, get them through this course, get the requirements made, mask off, mask on, share gas, blah, 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 here's your card, you don't get any chance to explore and to demonstrate as an instructor what the satisfaction is like, what the fun is like, how high on the funometer they can actually go. And, and that's something that we really, that the coaching program really, really gives you time as an instructor to do. It's like, there's no wasted session, but if you don't accomplish everything in a session, who cares, right? They're in this program for months and months and months, and and they're learning new stuff all the time. And I'm I'm super excited to see what your first group of clients comes out as in terms of open water divers coming through this program, because obviously they didn't need the card to go on a trip, right? So it's the training that's the fun is the training. That's the part of it. Right. And there's other problems that can surface uh, that would normally be a logistical nightmare that might affect your class if you're doing it traditionally. For example, we just had a hurricane warning this past weekend, right? So I was initially intending on having the third and fourth dive for two of these students this weekend, but we couldn't do that, obviously. Um, So if this was a traditional class, we would have to compress those dives in the week you know, and try to get them through the class. So um, now we can just say, look, you know, uh, weather's bad this week, you know, focus more on dive planning this weekend. Um, We're going to try to shoot for next weekend. No big deal. Right. That's an amazing ability inside of a class that to be able to just roll it out whenever you want and then roll it into, like you said, the next class whenever you want, because the way the program is set up, if you're in the coaching program, you also have access to all of the content that we offer. So if you're in the recreational coaching program, you get access in the subscription to every single online course, which means as an instructor, Mike, Ben, me, all of us, we can take these coaching clients and say, okay, today you've reached the standards for open water diver. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to certify you as an open water diver. For the next month, we're going to play around with the content around nitrox. 
So you're going to do gas planning, you're going to do research on nitrox, you're going to find, and then whenever you feel like you've made, as an instructor, brought those students, those clients to the level of a nitrox diver, just fill out a certification form and they're nitrox divers. Yep. And before they know it, right? If you want to go rent four scooters, take them out scootering, before they know it, they're certified. Right. That's the magic to it. Well, I think also, in my experience, you know, from running a dive center, a lot of divers, they come to the shop, not necessarily, like you said, Jeff, to get a card to go on their next holiday, or they've planned a holiday, they need to get certified before. No, they just come in out of an interest. Hey, we want to learn how to dive, and we're going to do it as a hobby locally where we live. And what we'd found was that they would take that class, a condensed class, over the course of a couple of weekends, and then they go out and dive a little bit, but they'll they'll take a next class. Not necessarily because they want that class, but just it's a, it's a way for them to go diving. So if you have those people in your community of divers, the coaching program is perfect because now they don't have to think about what kind of class they need to buy to go out and go for a dive it's just a natural progression of learning and and being a diver and it'll take you wherever you want to go during the course of it and then like jeff said it's like hey now you're you know all of a sudden you're before you know it you're certified as an itrox diver because that's where it ended up to be and you just meet up next weekend or whatever the, the schedule is to continue diving and learn while doing it and learn in a consistent way while doing it. Right. And then if you want to if you want to throw in, you know, look, next week, next month, it's SMB month, right? We're going to do yeah. three dives over the course of 4 weeks or you are or whatever and here are the parameters, right? SMB, SMB at night, SMB this, SMB that. And, and all of a sudden you have the ability, I mean, our, our SMB mini traditionally has been like 20 minutes, right? You take, you, you do the online course, you get in a pool, you show you how to do it. You go in the ocean, you shoot a bag, you get an SMB mini. But what if that was spread out over a bunch of dives and the diving is fun and just the only skill that we're really working on in that moment is how to shoot a bag. So it gives us the ability to kind of do all that stuff with people and and make it just about fun. I just want it to be fun, right? People ask why join UTD, why train with UTD, why why why? You know what I'm working day and night on is creating a culture where diving is fun, where it's not stressful, where it's not you know dramatic, where it's not you know full of pressure. Well, there's pressure, but not that kind of pressure. <laughs> but it's it's just fun, right? It's just let's go have some fun. You know, the world's in chaos right now. We've got this pandemic going on. We have all this other stuff happening. It's like, let's just go have some fun, can we? Exactly. I think one of the other th cool things, too, that I really liked from CrossFit um, is, you know, you can just show up and there's a workout on the board. You, you really don't have to figure out if you were, you know, trying to figure out a workout program yourself. You'd have to sort of plan out, you know, um, what what things you're going to train that day, et cetera, right? And one of the nice things that I liked from from CrossFit and also that I find in the cycling program I'm in is I just, um, I look at the workout, you know, for the next day before I go to sleep. 
Um, I don't have to worry about what I'm going to really do the next day. And when I wake up, I just execute. I don't have to think about it. Um, I kind of like that aspect of taking the guesswork out of training. So that's another aspect that is really um, worked into the coaching program where if you're a diver, you know, in your training to be a better diver, you can just look at your schedule for that day and go, oh, what does coach have me doing today, right? Um, you know, I didn't really pay much attention last week or I didn't really pay much attention yesterday. Uh, let me just look and see what's up for today. And you can just do it. Um, and, you know, that might not involve an actual pool or um, an open water session because typically those need to be coordinated, but at least there's something there for them to work on. And so they are always sort of training every single day regardless. Mike, you just hit the nail on the head with the idea of process versus outcome, mm, right? Exactly. That, you know, as a as an endurance athlete, a cyclist, runner, something, if you have a coach, if you do the process, the outcomes become inevitable. Now, you may not win a race because you can't control anybody else, but you may get your own personal best, right? So, and that's what we're looking for, right? So if you do the process... I've been saying this for years as an athlete and for years in, in scuba. If you do the process, the outcome is inevitable. If you show up to the class, if you show up to the coaching program, you do the work, you reach the bar, the outcome, which in our case is as a certification card, is inevitable. The same way if you do the training, a successful bike ride, a successful run, a successful swim becomes inevitable. And that's the... The mad one another, another, you know, more magic, right? The magic is if you do the work, you'll get the outcome. Yep. And it, the coaching program gives you a structured way of looking at it without having to do that work yourself. Someone else, the coach, will do that for you. Yeah, that's what you're paying for. And Mike, I do the same thing you do. I just look at the workout. And I know that that's what I have to do, right? It's intervals. It's a long ride. It's a short ride. It's a this ride. It's this gym workout, whatever. I just do it. Right. I don't question it because I've seen firsthand the results of doing the process, getting the outcome. With me, it's I live for the process. Right. The outcome, it's like a little bit of chocolate sprinkles on top of the ice cream. It's all I really care about. I think the other thing that the coaching program does is it formalizes – I think what was already kind of going on um, with the traditional courses, I know it was for me, you know, I would take, let's say, um, you know, uh, rec two, right. Or tech one. And I would develop a relationship with my instructor outside of the course to, to ask them questions or, you know, um, bounce different things off them and, and ask for their advice on, you know, where, what should I do next? You know, should I really do this kind of dive or that kind of dive? Um, you know, what do you think of these conditions? It was always someone who I could go to that was really a mentor to me. And Ben, I'm sure you're a mentor outside of the coaching program to many students, right? So I think that the coaching program does kind of formalize that a little bit. So if someone's enrolled in a coaching program, there's there's this relationship that's there automatically, Whereas, you know, perhaps with different instructors um, or different students, really, they would have to um, kindle that relationship. Yeah, 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 completely. I totally agree. And I think it's, it's completely um, correct. And I think that's also why a lot of our UTD instructors are considered as mentors or, you know, good divers that, hey, we can, we can go to them to find 
you know, the answers to certain questions they might have. And like Jeff mentioned in the beginning, these podcasts are like kind of popping the lid on, on UTD, the insights, the workings. And the, the good a good side effect of the coaching program is, is not only for the clients, but it's also for the instructors because now they don't have to feel guilty about, you know, giving certain information to some students and not to the others or feeling that they constantly have to, you know, uh, explain things that they're not getting paid for. Because for some people, you know, these being an instructor is their livelihood. So there is a balance between when do this, does the teaching stop and the friendly conversation begin. Because um, sometimes people, they just really ask and ask and ask and ask. And it's like, okay, dude, <laughs> I think you need to take a class. I know a few you people know? like that. And, <laughs> and there's a balance there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And some we all do. But now you're right. Now there's a vehicle for it. Not only is, you know, in the software package we're using, but more importantly, it's encouraged. What we hate is radio silence. What we want are these questions, the communication. That's the point of the program. Exactly. So, Mike, I have one last question for you and we'll we'll get this wrapped up and I've been asking this of pretty much everybody who's come on this program to talk about coaching. It's a new model. As far as we know, nobody's structured it. No one, it's a new model. As far as we know, no one's doing it formally the way we are. How do we sell it? How do we sell it? Well, I think you really have to focus on the, the process and why, why focusing on the process is better than the outcome. I think um, using analogies like you know, martial arts is really good. Um, if, you go, if you have a client that's coming to you and, and is taking a trip to the Bahamas and wants to learn how to scuba dive, um, that's probably not your best client. And you would emphasize that really what we're teaching is a lifestyle and how to become a better diver. And, you know, you wouldn't ask a pilot if or you wouldn't ask some pilot instructor, as you know, you're a, you're a, you instruct new pilots. Um, you wouldn't say, you know, uh, I wouldn't come to you and say, I want to learn how to fly a plane in a week or two weeks, right? You would, you would tell me, well, you know, um, all right, let's start training for that. And if I say, well, how long is it going to take? You would say, well, in general, it's this, you know, between this and this, and depends on how much work you put in and you really start focusing on the process, not the outcome. Um, so I really think to sell it, I, we really have to, to emphasize that becoming a better diver is, is the, is the goal having fun is really the goal, the ultimate goal. And the way that you have fun is by becoming a better diver, not by obtaining a certification card. So the more we can show and illustrate that, that's that's the essence of, of how we sell it. Awesome. Ben, any closing thoughts? Well, I'm just, okay, I can't stop hoping for, you know, we're finally gonna get some of those clients on the air. And then hearing their, um, you know, their experiences because <laughs> we've seen both sides, you know, I, I mean, we've, we've seen what it takes to become a good diver. We've all started diving at one point or another, and we're in the same position as a lot of our clients and students are. And it'd be nice to see what, what their points of view are 
on on the whole coaching thing. That is interesting, right? I think one of the most interesting podcasts we've done is when I talked to the group of IDC candidates at the last day of an IDC after they finished. Yeah. I loved hearing all the kind of inside stuff about that and and what it looked like from that perspective. So Exactly. Yeah, so so Mike, we'll get uh we'll get those guys organized for a a, a meeting and record them uh f- for a show. Yeah, we can uh, we can set that up. I I have a feeling they're just going to say, well, this is all we know. So, because <laughs> they're, they're so brand new. So, they're, you know, they're not going to say, well, you know, um, you know, compared to the other courses I've done, or they're just going to think this is a normal, a normal course. It is a good point, right? It is a good point because if you have, a, have you, how many times have you met a diver that's an open water diver, meaning he's done, you know, a maximum of one class, and he's saying, oh, my instructor, he was the best instructor all the, in the time. World. <laughs> it's like, well, how can you really, with any validity, say that? He might have been the nicest guy you've ever met, but how can you tell he's a good instructor? Because how many instructors have you met teaching you how to die? Well, okay, so that makes such an interesting point, right? Because how many times, so, you know, in, in, in the UTD courses, we teach neutral buoyancy, horizontal trim, frog kick, back kick. They never kneel, right? I mean, people who listen to this podcast probably know that, but there's no kneeling in UTD. So... I can't tell you how many open water classes I've taken out on dives where we swim by a class where the instructor is standing on the bottom and the students are kneeling on the bottom. And it's a cloud of silk. <laughs> and, and our UTD students are like, what the hell are they doing? Yeah. There's just no point of reference for that kind of, no, exactly. of diving. Right. right. My, my wife was actually on a, uh, her first open water dive in a class um, since she went through UTD only. She never learned any other agency, right? And um, <laughs> she got back on the boat, and the divers asked her, like, "Wow, you know, you're you're really good. Are are you doing an advanced class or some sort of that?" And she just looked at them and said, "This is my first dive ever." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I think we've all had that experience with mm. students and and stuff like that. So. Yeah, when they come back from a holiday, then that's when they really have them an epiphany. It's like. Okay, I came back from my holiday, and the, the you know the the group I was diving with divided me up into like likely certified divers, and then I got all these comments and all these compliments and like wow, you know, thanks, dude, you really apparently you did a good job teaching me, and you know it's like yeah, thanks, you know, but, that's yeah. awesome. All right. Well, so Mike, thanks so much for coming on and spending the time. And absolutely, and, uh, it's, it just can't wait to see how this continues to pan out and as you develop more clients and 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 all that. And Ben, thanks as always. Thanks, guys, for listening. Yeah, and we'll see you all on the next one. See you guys. Bye bye. Hell is going outside. Down the street.